it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and Halloenzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter. And play like a Jet 1, and it is time for the Jets-Cincinnati Bengals post-game report with our friend who covers the Jets for NJ.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, I have to give you credit. There was this narrative throughout the week that was being pushed. Should the Jets ride the hot hand and stick with Joe Flacco and not bring Zach Wilson back in week four against the Pittsburgh Steelers? And you and I were texting about it, and I said it was a bizarre narrative and it was ridiculous. And you said... Don't worry, not going to matter because Flacco's not going to play well enough to justify the narrative past last week. Boy, did you hit that nail on the head as the Jets get trounced today by the Cincinnati Bengals 27-12 in a game that wasn't even as close as that score would indicate. What an absolute disaster in another rainy day, by the way, because week one at home, rainy Same thing here in the third and fourth quarter. It was raining, and it more or less encapsulated what the Jets' day was like because they just couldn't get anything going on offense. They could not get off the field on defense, and we're going to get into it, but Andy, ugly all the way around, and like you originally predicted, I don't think anybody's going to be suggesting sticking with Joe Flacco anymore. Yeah, don't have to worry about that. Um, I mean, I I hate to be thinking negatively going into a game, but it's just – when you look at kind of the history and um, I mean, you couldn't count on Joe Flacco to have a great game today. I think he's been, uh, you know, I think he was pretty good 
against the Ravens and, and had some protection issues. Uh, I, th- I thought he was great last week, obviously, against the Browns. This week, he, he it was bad. It was just bad, and it wasn't that surprising because, you know, there's a reason that Joe Flacco isn't a starter in this league at this point and, and why so many other teams, you know, have passed up on him. Uh, it, it's because it's not still there, and, and he, he was swimming today. It was not – it was – it was, it was hard to watch. And I, I would just say the whole day was, you know, if, if you had talked to us 15 days ago before this season started and set, said that the Jets were one and two, no one would have been alarmed. No one would have been worried. That actually would have been probably a positive outcome. But it's the way they've looked in these first three games. And even in the Cleveland game where they somehow got away with it and won, the, the crippling mistakes, and it's not just a young team making mistakes. It's everyone. There, there's no explanation for it. There's no excuse for it. And if they keep going this way, there's it's going to be a problem for the coaching staff because at a certain point, there's nowhere else to place the blame. Uh, this, this is not progress. This is a, a huge red flag. And, and I, again, I hate to be negative, but I don't see any other way to put it. When you have veterans making key mistakes that doom your team, uh, something is wrong, and, and no one seems to know exactly what, and, and they need to fix it. Uh, like you said, the, the the score wasn't as close as it indicated, but also the Jets had several chances to get back in this game and potentially win it. And over and over again, every time there was a chance, they squandered it, and and. You know, I just think it's it was a discouraging day for the Jets at MetLife Stadium, and I, I know that's not a hot take or, or an original take, but that's just what it was. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Andy, let's talk about these back-breaking mistakes. You had two inexcusable penalties. One of them was a John Franklin Myers late hit on a third and long that would have gotten the Jets off of the field. He pushed Joe Burrow after Burrow had released the ball and fell on top of him. You had Corey Davis getting into it with Eli Apple and grabbing his face mask. 
resulting in a 15-yard penalty at the end of the game when the Jets just couldn't afford to take a 15-yard penalty. You had constant miscommunication between the corners and the safeties. Guys weren't tackling. We saw Jordan Whitehead just completely whiff on a tackle. Also on the subject of stupid penalties and bad tackling, once again, LaMarcus Joyner really struggling, got hit with a 15-yard penalty after a helmet-to-helmet hit. Just incredible sloppiness all the way around. And Robert Sala isn't a rookie head coach anymore. Yes, he's still young on the job, but this is inexcusable. And when you hear Robert Sala come out after the game and say, mistakes like this are frustrating, like you said, it comes back to the coaching staff. And this is something that should have been fixed by now. And the fact that it hasn't been, and we keep hearing this over and over again, and we keep seeing this over and over again, was a huge problem. And it kept hurting the Jets over and over again today as they repeatedly shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I don't know if there's any feet left, like at this point. Like honestly, like what 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 I don't know what to say. It's the same stuff over and over again. Uh and it's not like this being a young football team. John Franklin Myers is a veteran. Uh you could argue the penalty on Burrow is ticky tack, but also why put yourself in the position to get that the Lamarcus Joyner penalty? In real time, I was like, I didn't see it, but it was obvious. And then the Corey Davis penalty is just like mind-numbing, just mind-numbing. And then, you know, just to add it all on top of that, at at the end of the first quarter, before the second quarter, you have Quentin Williams getting into it with Aaron Whitecotton in view of the CBS cameras. Uh, Like, what else do you want that as an indication that something isn't right, something is wrong, like, I don't know what it is exactly, but no one seems to have answers. They keep making these huge mistakes and having these things happen that just does, they just don't feel right. And I don't know how else to, you know, put a, there's no way to put a positive spin on it. It's just something is wrong. Nobody has the answers. And uh, when that happens, unfortunately I've had the experience of covering, you know, multiple teams where that's happened it doesn't bode well for the coaching staff. And and I, it's still too early to be, you know, making a referendum on the coaching staff here, but it, it's starting to, to point back to them because something is not right here. And uh, it's not like the Bengals were gangbusters on Sunday. Like they, they gave the Jets so many opportunities to get back in this game, even after just a disastrous start from the defense. And the Jets, you know, for them to have a penalty by Corey Davis there late in the game when they ha- actually had a chance to, you know, they're, they're on the doorstep there and have a chance to score a touchdown and, and make this a game in the fourth quarter with, with more than 10 minutes left. Like, how can you how can that happen? And, and at some point, like, is there going to be accountability for these veterans who, who keep screwing up in, in big spots? I understand that they're the best options available, but like there, there has to be some sort of accountability and there just isn't right now. And and again, um, I don't want to go crazy cause we're, we're in week three here and the jets are at one and two, but um, I just felt like today was a giant red flag in so many ways, everywhere you looked, it's like, how is this progress? And And I don't have an answer for you because I didn't see it. Here's one red flag. The Jets have the most expensive defensive line in the NFL, 
And yet they just could not get pressure on Joe Burrow. Burrow had plenty of time to throw throughout the day. And as you said, Quinn and Williams got frustrated and started yelling at Aaron Whitecotton, the Jets defensive line coach on the sideline. Let's talk a little bit more about this, Andy. Carl Lawson finally back. They made investments on the defensive line, including drafting Jermaine Johnson in the first round. It just hasn't happened. John Franklin Myers has been a major disappointment so far this season, too. Talk a little bit about what's been behind this disappointment. And then, of course, how it manifested in a fight between Quinton Williams and Aaron White Cotton, because I know Quinton Williams had an explanation for why he got so frustrated. Yeah, so basically in the first quarter, the Jets uh, you know, made an emphasis of getting pressure on Joe Burrow by blitzing, and the blitzes didn't get home. And uh, they got torched, uh, I mean, especially on third down. Uh, if you look at the Jets' third down numbers in the first quarter, it was, uh, to say it was a disaster is actually understating it. They, they gave up four third down conversions. And that does not include the John Franklin Myers penalty that kept the drive alive where three plays later on the final play of the first quarter, uh, Boyd and Burrow connected for a 56-yard touchdown in which Jordan Whitehead sold out for for a tackle that he did not make. Um, The the Bengals went 4-4. Joe Burrow was 4-4 on third down in the first quarter for 109 yards and two touchdowns. That's bad. I mean, obviously. and and that it was they never recovered from it. And Quinn and Williams explained the the blow up with Aaron White Cotton, which was captured by CBS cameras between the first quarter and the second quarter, as saying that that he was frustrated that the Jets were sending blitzers. He wanted the coaching staff to give the front four a chance to do it themselves. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly how many plays there were in the first quarter, but I know the Jets. Uh, sent more than uh, four pass rushers on eight of them in the final three quarters after Quinn Williams had to blow up with White Cotton. They only sent more than than four pass rushers five times, and, and the defense was much better. Uh, I think they, they barely gave up 106 yards or something like that and one touchdown to Burrow after the first quarter, but the damage had been done. Um, and, yeah, like the defensive line this week – it, this was a storyline that, that that they hadn't been getting to the quarterback. This was supposed to be a get-right game for the defensive line going against an offensive line that that had you know an injured right tackle uh, and and Lyle Collins and had given up 13 sacks on Joe Burrow in the first uh, two games. And the Jets, you know, couldn't get any pressure on him in the first half. They ended up definitely bringing the heat in the second half a bit more operating with a four-man pass rush but um they still only had two sacks joe burrow still had too much time to throw throughout the whole game and um for a group that's that's highly paid and supposed to be the strength of this defense i mean we we've talked about how deep the defensive line is and bryce huff the guy who's gotten to the quarterback repeatedly is is on the bench uh, not on the bench he's inactive uh the Jets might want to rethink that because they're not getting to the quarterback with their defensive line right now. And it's, it's hurting them uh, badly. I mean, it hurt them against Jacoby Brissett last week when, when he lit them up in the first half and put them, the Browns in a position to, to win the game, which they should have won. 
and it hurt them again today when when they got behind the eight ball early and while they played better later it's it's hard to take much consolation in that because the damage had been done so yeah it, it's it's been a disappointment and it's one of the many things that the jets need to be need to have fixed and one of the many things that they don't seem to have really an answer for what's going wrong Andy, offensively, Joe Flacco, this was more like week one than week two. 28 of 52, 285 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns, two bad interceptions, also coughed the ball up at one point. Joe Flacco looked like he was stuck in cement, wasn't helped by the offensive line either. It's been suggested by some people that the Jets should roll with George Fant and Max Mitchell, even if Dwayne Brown comes back from the injury. I hope if you watch this game, you realize that that is not what the Jets should do. If Dwayne Brown is healthy, he should be playing because this was a rough day for the people that want to extend George Fant now. I know he's injured, and we'll talk about that in a little while. Big day for Trey Hendrickson, the pass rusher from the Cincinnati Bengals, two and a half sacks. And then you look at both the receivers and the running backs, Andy. Tyler Conklin had some catches in garbage time. I suppose this was his best game. He was the leading receiver with eight catches for 84 yards. Garrett Wilson, when he was on the field, at one point he came off with a rib injury, but when he was on the field, played very well. The offense doesn't seem to get much going when he's not on the field. They're much more effective when he's there. Elijah Moore, this was a strange one because Andy, a couple of times, Joe Flacco tried to throw jump balls down the field to Elijah Moore, who, bless his heart, is five foot nine. That's not the guy you throw jump balls to, so I don't know what that was about. Brees Hall looked pretty good. He had one bad drop that would have resulted in a first down. But other than that, very productive. Six catches, 53 yards, and then rushing the ball. Only touched it eight times, but had 39 yards, so pretty efficient. Five yards per carry. But this offense did not look good at all. They couldn't get anything going. They got no touchdowns. It was all field goals. Greg Zerline had four field goals that he made, so I suppose that's a positive. But Flacco, as we said, ended any chance of a controversy Unless there was some sort of medical setback, I would almost guarantee Zach Wilson is going to play against the Steelers. And of course, the offensive line, as we said, underwhelming, not being able to protect Flacco, although he didn't help himself either. So just a mess all the way around. This was a completely poor performance, both on offense and defense. On defense, as we said, Jets just couldn't get off the field on third downs. And on offense, they could not move the chains and they could not score. Yeah, I mean... Everything you said was is right, and you know there's some puzzling stuff. Like, do we really need to see another reverse from Braxton Berrios? Like, defenses seem to know that's coming, and it's not working. Um, and, and and you know, if the Jets want to run that play, there's better guys they can put the ball in the hands of. Um, and, and yeah, Garrett Wilson. It was striking how much the offense struggled late in the first half after he suffered that injury. The good news is he came back in the second half and and looked to be okay. That was a bit of a scary scene when he went down after taking a hit to the midsection uh, and was announced to have a rib injury, went straight back to the tunnel by the x-ray machine. Obviously, those tests came back fine because he was back in the game later. But, um, yeah, the offense just did not function well without him in there. And that's when the booing started late in the first half. and you're right, Joe Flacco made some puzzling decisions. It would be hard to, I mean, it would be impossible to justify them playing him over Zach Wilson at this point. And and no matter what the Jets say, you know, starting on Monday, I would expect Zach Wilson will start 
against the Steelers next week. Robert Sala said he's expecting him to get cleared, but he's not going to say anything until the doctors actually clear him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets kind of milk this till the end of the week just to, to be safe with, with Zach Wilson's status. But but I would be surprised if you see anybody else starting um, next week in Pittsburgh just because everything we've seen indicates that Zach Wilson is 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 just about ready. And this is a good time to get him in there considering how they played today. And, and uh, you know, there's not going to be pressure on him to, to live up to what Flacco has done after what we saw today. But I will say this, um, Zach Wilson, even if he plays well, is not going to fix what we saw today. Um, maybe the Jets would have had a better chance to win the game and maybe they would have capitalized on some of the opportunities they didn't capitalize on. But when you have, veterans making inexcusable mistakes late in games that um you know cost you a chance to get back in the game uh it's going to be hard for anybody to overcome that so the the jets for any jets fan who thinks that that zach wilson's going to fix everything he, he could definitely make it easier on them and, and if he plays well but um if you look back to what he looked like a year ago when he returned from, from five weeks off because of an injury against the Texans. It was not pretty. And somehow the Jets gutted out that game. Uh, I know the Steelers are struggling, but but they're not the Texans. Uh, he's going to need to to play better than he did when he came back from the injury last year. And, and I think it's just a lot to ask considering he hasn't played, you know, real football and, and we're coming on six weeks here and, and he missed so much of the training camp. So, and and the final two preseason games, uh, all of that was valuable experience that a second-year quarterback needed. So Zach Wilson's facing an uphill battle here with an offensive line that, that is in flux and, and not protecting very well. And um, what the Jets really need to do is is just play with better discipline and, and uh, like, it, it seems like they need to have a better game plan because – what they were doing early in this game was, was clearly not working. And I think the blame for that goes everywhere. And it's not something that Zach Wilson playing well is going to fix. And you know, what's crazy. Despite the fact that Joe Flacco had a terrible game today, he still was able to outpace his player projection in the daily fantasy matchup over at prizepicks.com. He was at 233 yards. He got 255. So if Joe Flacco was one of your player selections over prizepicks.com, you would have won. If you picked Garrett Wilson, you would have won too because he only needed 42 yards. He got 60 yards. Those were two of the popular picks that I recommended. If you want to play like I do over at prizepicks.com, all you have to do is sign up. You pick two to five players. And if they do better than their player projections, you can win 10 times what you put in. Play any sport you want. It could be football, like I like to do, NFL or college. It could be basketball, college or pro, UFC, golf, whatever it is you like. Go over to prizepicks.com. It's very easy to sign up. Use the promo code PLAJ and they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. If you put in 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks. If you put in 50 bucks, They'll give you 50 bucks. Go to prizepicks.com today and use the promo code PLAJ. And Andy, I have to say, despite the disappointment today, there was one ray of sunshine, and that ray of sunshine came in the form 
of Nick Mangle. Now, I wish the Jets would have done better for him today, but it was nice to finally see him be honored, get his name in the ring of honor. His name is now up in the stadium with all the great Jets. And at the end of his speech, he gave a shout out to Jets fans, lifted a beer, raised a glass to all the Jets fans and toasted a beer to everybody who's been behind him for the last 11 years. That was a fun moment. So even if you came out to MetLife Stadium and you were annoyed about the traffic, the parking, the fact that it was raining, it was cold, the Jets were bad today, at least you got to see the Jets honor Nick Mangold, and it was cool to see him raise a glass to Jets fans. Yeah, it was very cool, and I think everything he said resonated with Jets fans. And, you know, honestly, given what they had seen in the first half and what they were going to see in the second half, uh, raising a, a Bud Light for Jets fans was not a bad idea. I mean, I mean... <laughs> What else can you say? <laughs> like that—that's the best way to deal with it, right? I, I don't. At this point, um, you know, I'm not encouraging drinking uh, your sorrows away, but uh, after what you watched out there today, if you're a Jets fan, um, what what are you supposed to do? I mean, again, I—you know me—I I am a person who uh, I like to see the positive and stuff, and and I usually try to give the Jets the benefit of the doubt, but I'm having a hard time after watching what I saw today because um, it's just on repeat. And uh, it, like, what, what, what do you say after that? Like, it, it was just, it's, it's hard to watch, but um, like Nick Mangold obviously had a great career with the Jets and obviously took them, helped take them to two AFC championship games. Uh the Jets are not at that place right now, and, and th they have a lot to figure out to get there. But, you know, it shows you what what he and, and DeBrickishaw Ferguson, who's going to be honored later this year, did. Um, like, what you can do if you have, have a solid offensive line and, and a good defense. And two weeks ago, I would have told you that I felt really good about the Jets' defense. But after today, once again, it's hard to feel good about it. Again, sorry to be so negative, guys, but... I don't know what else you want from me after a game like that. It's just hard to feel good about where this team is at right now. Andy, let's talk injuries. We had George Fant, Quincy Williams, and then take us inside the locker room. We heard from Robert Sala and quite a few of the players. What's the latest on the injuries, and what did we hear after the game from Robert Sala and the players in the locker room? Yeah, it was a tough scene watching uh, Quincy Williams deal with with obviously what appeared to be a, a serious ankle injury um he he was hurt making a tackle on, on a third down where he where i don't to be honest with you i cannot remember who he he tackled but uh he he made a stop right there on, on third down just short of the of the first down marker uh immediately went grabbing his left lower leg uh, immediately the bank he was near the Bengals bench immediately the Bengals medical staff was out there looking at him uh Jets players were motioning for their staff the cart came out quickly and and his left leg was put in an air cast um Robert Sala didn't have a an update after other than to say that he's being evaluated somewhat good news I did see Quincy after the game with an uh a walking boot on his on his left leg so he so I don't know if he went to the hospital or not, but but the fact that he was still there and, and you know was in a walking boot at least is somewhat encouraging. But he's going to be out a while, um, and that's a blow for the for the linebackers. Um, with George Fant, 
it's been pretty clear since the end of training camp that his knee issue with the left knee is, is continues to be an issue after he suffered an injury late last year. Um, and, and obviously it caught up with him today. I'm pretty sure he left the game after he gave up a sack in which Joe Flacco fumbled the ball early in the, in the third quarter, which ended up being a key sequence in the game. And then, yeah, the general vibe in the locker room was obviously um, not good. Quincy, I'm sorry, Quinn and Williams talked about the the incident with Aaron Cotton and said that basically it wasn't as big of a deal as it looked like on TV and that he was just like challenging the coaching staff to let the defensive line do their thing with a four-man pass rush. Uh, and obviously the message got across because the Jets went to a mostly a four-man pass rush for the rest of the game and played better. Um, but he's basically saying, like, we're good enough to handle this. Like, let us do it. And and it, he said that he loves White Cotton. He's one of the best defensive line coaches he's ever had and that it was misconstrued. But I think Robert Sala, you know, also said that he loved Quinnen's competitiveness and, and that he was excited about it, but also that, you know, it would have been better if, if they weren't in a shouting match on the sideline. So it tells you that there was at least something there. Um and there's obviously some frustration. I asked Quinnen, you know, later in, in his interview session, you know, how frustrating was it that you guys can get, get off the field on, on third down and you made so many mistakes that, that kind of cost you. And he kind of, he basically gave me, a, you know, a three word answer, which was um, it's just execution and then stared at me. And that's all he said, which, which to me means he was probably pretty frustrated with, with some of the play calling in that first quarter uh, if he didn't want to get into it. So uh, that was an alarming sign. We also talked to Corey Davis and he didn't want to get into the details of what led up to that crucial penalty with Eli Apple. But he said that, you know, making that mistake, it obviously hurt. And, um, you know, it's something that, that they can't have happen. Uh, John Franklin Myers said that, that he didn't think it was a penalty on Joe Burrow and that, that Burrow even said to him after the play that he didn't think it was a penalty. But once again, he put the refs in the position to make the call. Um, he didn't need to shove him. The shove came clearly after the ball was out. And, and Franklin Myers said, I need to be better and I will be better. That's great, but like it doesn't matter once the penalty has happened because three plays later – the Bengals scored a touchdown. Um, and then DJ Reed had some very interesting comments. He was clearly frustrated and clearly eager to talk about it. He said that he doesn't understand the mistakes. He doesn't understand the miscommunications and that he thinks the Jets defense needs to have a meeting, not a players only meeting, but one with the coaches where they can air it all out and just figure out what's going wrong. He says they're not communicating well enough. They need to over communicate. He said, even if it's getting to the point where it's annoying at practice, where they're shouting stuff out, they need to do it because it's just not working right now. And, and, and that's part of the reason why this is a red flag. You have veterans making the mistakes. No one has a good answer, not the coach. I mean, Robert Sala said, like, it's frustrating that they're, they keep making these mistakes. Uh, but but no one had a good answer for why they're making the mistakes. So, um you know, DJ Reed said that 
that they need to clean it up. They need to all sit down, air it out. Coaches, players, and himself included, all of them are responsible for what's happened um, and, and that it can't stand anymore. So, um, yeah, that, that was basically the vibe in the locker room. Um, it, it's, it's just hard to explain. Uh, again, at, at one and two, no one would have – I think Jets fans actually – most of them would have been happy at one and two when you, when you look at kind of where this team is at and they're obviously developing. But when you see the crippling mistakes and not just from the young guys, and that's kind of something that Robert Solis preached, like we're a young team, we're going to make mistakes. But you see veterans making key mistakes, and, and we're talking about all three games here at this point, that they made mistakes that by all rights should have put them out of that Cleveland game. And – Give them credit for seizing the opportunity and doing everything right in those final two minutes. But that doesn't erase what happened that put them in a terrible position before. And uh, that's what they did again today. They put themselves in a terrible position and they even had better chances to get back in the game than they had in Cleveland earlier in the game. And they, and they squandered those two. And, and I just think, all of it is a red flag for the Jets and extremely disappointing. Um, everyone would understand if they're in a tight game late and they can't figure it out, but when they're making these self-sabotaging mistakes early and then making self-sabotaging mistakes that don't allow them to get back in the game when they have the opportunity late, uh, there's no excuse for that. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the Jets 27-12 defeat at the hands of the Cincinnati Bengals in week number three at MetLife Stadium with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out everything Andy's doing, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez and read his work at NJ.com. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some fantastic All-22 breakdowns, including a breakdown of Garrett Wilson's star-making performance last week against the Cleveland Browns. Watch all our videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes along with help us out so if you go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com <laughs>